0: Part three, chapter seven to nine, of the voyages of Dr. Dolittle by Hugh Lofting. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter seven, the Doctor's Wager. Next morning we were awakened by a great racket. There was a procession coming down the street, a number of men in very gay clothes, followed by a large crowd of admiring ladies and cheering children. I asked the Doctor who they were they are the bullfighters he said there is to be a bullfight to-morrow
1: what is a bullfight
0: i asked to my great surprise the doctor got red in the face with anger it reminded me of the time he had spoken of the lions and tigers in his private zoo
2: a bullfight is a stupid cruel disgusting business said he these spanish people are most lovable and hospitable folk How they can enjoy these wretched bullfights is a thing I could never understand.
0: Then the doctor went on to explain to me how a bull was first made very angry by teasing, and then allowed to run into a circus where men came out with red cloaks, waved them at him, and ran away. Next, the bull was allowed to tire himself out by tossing and killing a lot of poor, old, broken-down horses who couldn't defend themselves. Then, when the bull was thoroughly out of breath and wearied by this, a man came out with a sword and killed the bull.
2: Every Sunday, said the doctor, in almost every big town in Spain, there are six bulls killed like that, and as many horses.
1: But aren't the men ever killed by the bull? I asked.
2: Unfortunately, very seldom, said he. A bull is not nearly as dangerous as he looks, even when he's angry. If you're only quick on your feet and don't lose your head, these bullfighters are very clever and nimble. And the people, especially the Spanish ladies, think no end of them. A famous bullfighter or matador, as they call them, is a more important man in Spain than a king. Here comes another crowd of them round the corner. Look, see the girls throwing kisses to them. Ridiculous business
0: at that moment. Our friend, the bedmaker, came out to see the procession go past, and while he was wishing us good morning and inquiring how we had slept, a friend of his walked up and joined us. The bedmaker introduced his friend to us as Don Enrique Cardenas. Don Enrique, when he heard where we were from, spoke to us in English. He appeared to be a well educated, gentlemanly sort of person.
3: And you go to see the bull fight tomorrow, yes?
0: he asked the doctor pleasantly. Certainly not, said John Dolittle firmly. I don't like bull fights, cruel, cowardly shows don enrique nearly exploded i never saw a man get so excited he told the doctor that he didn't know what he was talking about he said bullfighting was a noble sport and that the matadors were the bravest men in the world oh rubbish said the doctor
2: you never give the poor bull a chance it is only when he is all tired and dazed that your precious matadors dare to try and kill him
0: i thought the spaniard was going to strike the doctor he got so angry while he was still spluttering to find words, the bedmaker came between them and took the doctor aside. He explained to John doodlittle in a whisper that this Don Enrique Cardenas was a very important person. That he it was who supplied the bulls, a special strong black kind, from his own farm for all the bull fights in Capablancas. He was a very rich man, the bedmaker said, a most important personage. He mustn't be allowed to take offense on any account. I watched the doctor's face as the bedmaker finished, and saw a flash of boyish mischief come into his eyes as though an idea had struck him. He turned to the angry Spaniard. Don Enrique, he said, you tell me your bullfighters
2: are very brave men and skillful. It seems I have offended you by saying that bullfighting is a poor sport. What is the name of the best matador you have for tomorrow's show? Pepito
3: de Malaga, said Don Enrique. One of the greatest names, one of the bravest men in all Spain.
2: Very well, said the doctor. I have a proposal to make to you. I have never fought a bull in my life. Now, supposing I were to go into the ring tomorrow with Pepito de Malaga, and any other matadors you choose. And if I can do more tricks with a bull than they can, would you promise to do something for me?
0: Don Enrique threw back his head and laughed.
3: Man, he said, you must be mad. You would be killed at once. One has to be trained for years
2: to become a proper bullfighter. Supposing I were willing to take the risk of that, "'You are not afraid, I take it, to accept my offer?'
0: The Spaniard frowned.
3: "'Afraid?' he cried. "'Sir, if you can beat Pepeto de Malaga in the bull ring, "'I promise you anything it is possible for me to
2: grant.' "'Very good,' said the doctor. "'Now, I understand that you are quite a powerful man in these islands. "'If you wish to stop all bullfighting here after tomorrow, "'you could do it, couldn't you?' "'Yes.' said Don Enrique proudly. I could. Well, that is what I ask of you, if I win my wager, said John Doodle. If I can do more with angry bulls than can Pepito de Malaga, you are to promise me that there shall never be another bullfight in the Capablanca's so long as you are alive to stop it. Is it a bargain?
0: The Spaniard held out his hand.
3: It is a bargain, he said i promise but i must warn you that you are merely throwing your life away for you will certainly be killed however that is no more than you deserve for saying that bull-fighting is an unworthy sport i will meet you here tomorrow morning if you should wish to arrange any particulars
0: good day sir as the spaniard turned and walked into the shop with the bedmaker Polynesia, who had been listening as usual, flew up onto my shoulder and whispered in my ear.
1: I have a plan. Get hold of Bumpo and come someplace where the doctor can't hear us. I want to talk to you.
0: I nudged Bumpo's elbow and we crossed the street and pretended to look into a jeweler's window. While the doctor sat down upon his bed to lace up his boots, the only part of his clothing he had taken off for the night. Listen, said Polynesia.
1: I've been breaking my head, trying to think up some way we can get money to buy those stores with. And at last, I've got it.
4: The money?
0: said Bumpo.
1: No, stupid. The idea to make money with. Listen, the Doctor is simply bound to win this game tomorrow, sure as you're alive. Now all we have to do is to make a side bet with these Spaniards. They're great on gambling, and the trick's done. What's a side
4: bet? i asked oh i know what that is said
0: bumpo proudly
4: we used to have lots of them at oxford when the board racing was on i go to don enrique and say i bet you a hundred pounds the doctor wins then if he does win don enrique pays me a hundred pounds and if he doesn't i have to pay don enrique
1: that's the idea
4: said polynesia
1: Arnly. Don't say a hundred pounds, say two thousand five hundred pesetas. Now come and find old Don Ricky Ticky and try to look rich.
0: So we crossed the street again and slipped into the bedmaker's shop while the doctor was still busy with his boots. Don Enrique, said Bumpo, allow me to
4: introduce myself. I am the Crown Prince of jolengingi Would you care to have a small bet with me on tomorrow's bullfight? don Enrique bowed
3: why certainly he said i shall be delighted but i must warn you that you are bound to lose how much
4: oh a mere trifle," said bumpo just for the fun of the thing you know what do you say to three thousand pesetas i agree said the spaniard bowing
0: once more i will meet you after the bullfight to-morrow "'So that's all right,' said Polynesia as we came out to join the doctor.
1: "'I feel as though quite a load had been taken off my mind.'"
0: Chapter 8 The Great Bull Fight The next day was a great day in Monteverde. All the streets were hung with flags, and everywhere gaily dressed crowds were to be seen flocking towards the bull ring, as the big circus was called where the fights took place. The news of the doctor's challenge had gone round the town, and it seemed had caused much amusement to the islanders.
1: The very idea of a mere foreigner daring to match himself against the great Pepito de Malaga—serve him right if he got killed.
0: The doctor had borrowed a bullfighter suit from Don Enrique, and very gay and wonderful he looked in it. Though Bumpo and I had hard work getting the waistcoat to close in front, and even the buttons kept bursting off it in all directions. When we set out from the harbor to walk to the bullring, crowds of small boys ran after us, making fun of the doctor's fatness, calling out, Juan Arapoco, El Grueso Matador, which is Spanish for, John
4: Doolittle, the fat bullfighter.
0: As soon as we arrived, the doctor said he would like to take a look at the bulls before the fight began and we were at once led to the bullpen where behind a high railing six enormous black bulls were tramping around wildly in a few hurried words and signs the doctor told the bulls what he was going to do and gave them careful instructions for their part of the show the poor creatures were tremendously glad when they heard that there was a chance of bullfighting being stopped and they promised to do exactly as they were told Of course, the man who took us in there didn't understand what we were doing. He merely thought the fat Englishman was crazy when he saw the doctor making signs and talking in ox-tongue. From there, the doctor went to the matadors' dressing rooms, while Bumpo and I, with Polynesia, made our way into the bullring and took our seats in the great open-air theatre. It was a very gay sight. Thousands of ladies and gentlemen were there all dressed in their smartest clothes, and everybody seemed very happy and cheerful. Right at the beginning, Don Enrique got up and explained to the people that the first item on the program was to be a match between the English doctor and Pepito de Malaga. He told them what he had promised if the doctor should win, but the people did not seem to think there was much chance of that. A roar of laughter went up at the very mention of such a thing. When Pepito came into the ring, everybody cheered, the ladies blew kisses, and the men clapped and waved their hats. Presently, a large door on the other side of the ring was rolled back and in galloped one of the bulls. Then the door was closed again. At once the matador became very much on the alert. He waved his red cloak and the bull rushed at him. Pepito stepped nimbly aside and the people cheered again. The game was repeated several times but I noticed that whenever Pepito got into a tight place and seemed to be in real danger from the bull, an assistant of his, who always hung around somewhere near, drew the bull's attention upon himself by waving another red cloak. Then the bull would chase the assistant, and Pepito was left in safety. Most often, as soon as he had drawn the bull off, the assistant ran for the high fence and vaulted out of the ring to save himself. They evidently had it all arranged, these matadors, and it didn't seem to me that they were in any very great danger from the poor clumsy bull so long as they didn't slip and fall. After about ten minutes of this kind of thing, the small door into the matadors' dressing-room opened, and the doctor strolled into the ring. As soon as his fat figure dressed in sky-blue velvet appeared, the crowd rocked in their seats with laughter. Juan Hagapoco, as they had called him, walked out into the center of the ring and bowed ceremoniously to the ladies in the boxes. Then he bowed to the bull. Then he bowed to Pepito. While he was bowing to Pepito's assistant, the bull started to rush at him from behind.
3: Look out! Look out! The bull! You will be killed!
0: yelled the crowd, but the doctor calmly finished his bow. Then, turning round, he folded his arms, fixed the onrushing bull with his eye, and frowned a terrible frown. Presently, a curious thing happened. The bull's speed got slower and slower. It almost looked as though he were afraid of that frown. Soon, he stopped altogether. The doctor shook his finger at him. He began to tremble. At last, tucking his tail between his legs, the bull turned round and ran away the crowd gasped the doctor ran after him round and round the ring they went both of them puffing and blowing like grampuses excited whispers began to break out among the people this was something new in bullfighting to have the bull running away from the man instead of the man away from the bull at last in the tenth lap with a final burst of speed one hagapoko the english matador caught the poor bull by the tail then leading the now timid creature into the middle of the ring the doctor made him do all manner of tricks standing on the hind legs standing on the front legs dancing hopping rolling over he finished up by making the bull kneel down then he got on to his back and did handsprings and other acrobatics on the beast's horns pepito and his assistant had their noses sadly out of joint the crowd had forgotten them entirely They were standing together by the fence not far from where I sat, muttering to one another and slowly growing green with jealousy. Finally, the doctor turned towards Don Enrique's seat and bowing said in a loud voice, This bull is no good any more.
2: He's terrified and out of breath. Take him away, please. Does the caballero wish for a fresh bull? asked Don Enrique. No, said the doctor. I want five fresh bulls, and I would like them all in the ring at once, please.
0: At this, a cry of horror burst from the people. They had been used to see matadors escaping from one bull at a time. But five? That must mean certain death. Pepito sprang forward and called to Don Enrique not to allow it, saying it was against all the rules of bullfighting. Ha! Polynesia chuckled into my ear.
1: It's like the doctor's navigation. He breaks all the rules, but he gets there. If they'll only let him, he'll give them the best show for their money they ever saw.
0: A great argument began. Half the people seemed to be on Pepito's side, and half on the doctor's side. At last the doctor turned to Pepito and made another very grand bow, which burst the last button off his waistcoat.
2: Well, of course, if the caballero is afraid, he began with a bland smile afraid screamed pepito i am
3: afraid of nothing on earth i am the greatest matador in spain with this
2: right hand i have killed nine hundred and fifty-seven bulls all right then said the doctor let us see if you can kill five more let the bulls in he shouted pepito de malaga is not
0: afraid a dreadful silence hung over the great theatre as the heavy door into the bullpen was rolled back then with a roar the five bulls bounded into the ring look fierce i heard the doctor call to them in cattle language
2: don't scatter keep close get ready for a rush take pepito the one in purple first but for heaven's sake don't kill him just chase him out of the ring now then all together
0: go for him the bulls put down their heads and all in line like a squadron of cavalry charged across the ring straight for poor pepito for one moment the spaniard tried his hardest to look brave but the sight of five pairs of horns coming at him at full gallop was too much he turned white to the lips ran for the fence vaulted it and disappeared now the other one the doctor hissed and in two seconds the gallant assistant was nowhere to be seen one hagapoko the fat matador was left alone in the ring with five rampaging bulls the rest of the show was really worth seeing first all five bulls went raging round the ring butting at the fence with their horns pawing up the sand hunting for something to kill then each one in turn would pretend to catch sight of the doctor for the first time and giving a bellow of rage would lower his wicked-looking horns And shoot like an arrow across the ring as though he meant to toss him to the sky. It was really frightfully exciting, and even I, who knew it was all arranged beforehand, held my breath in terror for the doctor's life when I saw how near they came to sticking him. But just at the last moment, when the horn's points were two inches from the sky blue waistcoat, the doctor would spring nimbly to one side, and the great brutes would go thundering harmlessly by, missing him by no more than a hair. Then all five of them went for him together, completely surrounding him, slashing at him with their horns, and bellowing with fury. How he escaped alive, I don't know. For several minutes his round figure could hardly be seen at all in that scrimmage of tossing heads, stamping hoofs, and waving tails. It was, as Polynesia had prophesied, the greatest bullfight ever seen. One woman in the crowd got quite hysterical, And screamed up for Don Enrique.
1: Stop the fight! Stop the fight! He's too brave a man to be killed. This is the most wonderful matador in the world. Let him
3: live! Stop the fight!
0: But presently the doctor was seen to break loose from the mob of animals that surrounded him. Then catching each of them by the horns one after another, he would give their heads a sudden twist and throw them flat on the sand. The great fellows acted their parts extremely well i have never seen trained animals in a circus do better they lay there panting on the ground where the doctor threw them as if they were exhausted and completely beaten then with a final bow to the ladies john Dolittle took a cigar from his pocket lit it and strolled out of the ring chapter nine we depart in a hurry as soon as the door closed behind the doctor the most tremendous noise i have ever heard broke loose Some of the men appeared to be angry, friends of pepito's, I suppose, but the ladies called and called to have the doctor come back into the ring. When at length he did so, the women seemed to go entirely mad over him. They blew kisses to him. They called him a darling. Then they started taking off their flowers, their rings, their necklaces, their brooches, and threw them down at his feet. You never saw anything like it a perfect shower of jewelry and roses but the doctor just smiled up at them bowed once more and backed out now bumpo said polynesia
1: this is where you go down and gather up all those trinkets and we'll sell em that's what the big matadors do leave the jewellery on the ground and their assistants collect it for em we might as well lay in a good supply of money while we've got the chance you never know when you may need it when you're travelling with the doctor never mind the roses you can leave them but don't leave any rings and when you're finished Go and get your three thousand pesetas out of Don Ricky tikki Tommy and I will meet you outside, and we'll pawn the Gugors at that Jew's shop opposite the bedmakers. Run along, and not a word to the doctor, remember?
0: Outside the bowl ring, we found the crowds still in a great state of excitement. Violent arguments were going on everywhere. Bumpo joined us with his pockets bulging in all directions, and we made our way slowly through the dense crowd to the side of the building where the matador's dressing room was. The doctor was waiting at the door for us.
1: Good work, doctor,
0: said Polynesia, flying onto his shoulder.
1: Great work. But listen, I smell danger. I think you had better get back to the ship now as quick and as quietly as you can. Put your overcoat on over that giddy suit. I don't like the looks of this crowd. More than half of them are furious because you've won. Don Rikki-tikki must now stop the bullfighting, and you know how they love it. "'What I'm afraid of is that some of these matadors "'who are just mad with jealousy may start some dirty work. "'I think this would be a good time for us to get away.'
2: "'I dare say you're right, Polynesia,' said the doctor. "'You usually are. "'The crowd does seem to be a bit restless. "'I'll slip down to the ship alone, so I shan't be so noticeable, "'and I'll wait for you there. "'You come by some different way, but don't be long about it. "'Hurry!'
0: "'As soon as the doctor had departed,' Bumpo sought out Don Enrique and
4: said, Honorable, sir, you owe me three thousand pesetas.
0: Without a word, but looking cross-eyed with annoyance, Don Enrique paid his bet. We next set out to buy the provisions, and on the way we hired a cab and took it along with us. Not very far away we found a big grocer's shop, which seemed to sell everything to eat. We went in and bought up the finest lot of food you ever saw in your life as a matter of fact polynesia had been right about the danger we were in the news of our victory must have spread like lightning through the whole town for as we came out of the shop and loaded the cab up with our stores we saw various little knots of angry men hunting round the streets waving sticks and shouting
3: the englishmen where are those accursed englishmen who stopped the
0: bull-fighting
3: hang them to a lamp post throw them in the sea the englishmen we want the englishmen
0: After that, we didn't waste any time, you may be sure. Bumpo grabbed the Spanish cab driver and explained to him in signs that if he didn't drive down to the harbour as fast as he knew how and keep his mouth shut the whole way, he would choke the life out of him. Then we jumped into the cab on top of the food, slammed the door, pulled down the blinds, and away we went.
1: "'We won't get a chance to pawn the jewellery now,'
0: said Polynesia as we bumped over the cobbly streets.
1: But never mind. It may come in handy later on. And anyway, we've got 2,500 pesetas left out of the bet. Don't give the cabby more than 2 pesetas 50, Bumpo. That's the right fare, I know.
0: Well, we reached the harbour all right, and we were mighty glad to find that the doctor had sent Chee chi back with the rowboat to wait for us at the landing wall. Unfortunately, while we were in the middle of loading the supplies from the cab into the boat, the angry mob arrived upon the wharf and made a rush for us. Bumpo snatched up a big beam of wood that lay near and swung it round and round his head, letting out dreadful African battle yells the while. This kept the crowd off while Chee-Chee and I hustled the last of the stores into the boat and clambered in ourselves. Bumpo threw his beam of wood into the thick of the Spaniards and leapt in after us. Then we pushed off and rowed like mad for the curlew. The mob upon the wall howled with rage, shook their fists, and hurled stones and all manner of things after us. Poor old Bumpo got hit on the head with a bottle, but as he had a very strong head, it only raised a small bump while the bottle smashed into a thousand pieces. When we reached the ship's side, the doctor had the anchor drawn up, and the sail set, and everything in readiness to get away. Looking back, we saw boats coming out from the harbor wall after us filled with angry shouting men so we didn't bother to unload our rowboat but just tied it on the ship's stern with a rope and jumped aboard. it only took a moment more to swing the curlew round into the wind and soon we were speeding out of the harbor on our way to brazil ha sighed polynesia as we all flopped down on the deck to take a rest and get our breath
1: that wasn't a bad adventure Quite reminds me of my old seafaring days when I sailed with the smugglers. Golly, that was the life. Never mind your head, Bumpo. It'll be all right when the doctor puts a little arnica on it. Think what we got out of the scrap. A boatload of ship stores, pockets full of jewellery, and thousands of pesetas. Not bad, you know. Not bad.
0: End of part three.